1: Hour three, underway already. It's 7.06, and I'm Randy Corcoran. Good to have you here. Phones have been hot. 303-696-1971. 303-696-1971. We've got one line open. And before we jump back to the phones, let me find my way back to creepy, sleepy, showers with daughter, sniffs out young girls, targets them, scares them. They recoil in disbelief and shock so many videos out there. Man has no self-control and certainly no credibility, no class, no integrity of any kind. Plagiarized his way through school, had to drop out of two prior presidential election runs because he was caught lying about his school record, about his position in his law school, because he plagiarized others' speeches with no attribution. And this was the man that the Democrats rallied behind and used every dirty, illegal, unconstitutional trick in the book. Set aside machines if you wish. You don't need them to prove that 2020 was a fraud. And now he's carrying the torch. Now we know he won't last. And uh, Carol texted me earlier and said, please stop talking about Michelle Obama. But listen, she's going to be the Democrat nominee. Just get ready for it. And uh, obviously we'll deal with it when the time comes. But um, here's their standard bearer right now.
2: When I started the job, I kept talking about the need for a deal with the, with the environment. So, we don't have a problem. Anybody think climate's not a problem? Raise your hand. <laughs>
1: Come on, man. <laughs> I've been around the world. So persuasive. Yeah, on your private jets, on Air Force One, spewing all kinds of carbon, which, of course, when they say carbon, they don't mean anything other than simple carbon dioxide. He is the Democrat standard bearer.
2: The blood of liberty. Excuse oh, me. Excuse me.
1: The, excuse me. the, the, the tree is. of
2: liberty is one war- And by the way, guess what? I love it. They said you're spending all that money. Guess what? That's money saved. Billions of dollars the federal government does not have to pay.
1: No. Billions
2: and billions God. of dollars. That's a fact.
1: Billions of dollars it doesn't have to rob from ordinary everyday citizens, but we'll set aside that topic for another day. Hope in this hour we get to talk a little bit about Alec Baldwin, about big Fannie Willis, about the NFL playing the Black National Anthem. I, I don't think they're replacing the Star Spangled Banner. So, you know, as long as we open the ceremonies the proper way, I, I can live with, I, I don't I don't have any objection to the so-called Black National Anthem. It's just so in your face. The NFL is so in your face, and then we are definitely before this hour is up going to play the president of heritage of the Heritage Foundation, Dr. Kevin Roberts, in the face of the globalists at the World Economic Forum in Davos. But before we do that, let's get back to these phones. We've got Ron who's been waiting in Conifer. Ron, welcome.
2: Well, uh, in regard to. John Eastman, a couple of things. Um, one is a question. Uh, did he, I, I understand it, and let me know if I'm missing something, but he didn't recommend any kind of novel approach to, the, uh, to challenging the election results that hadn't been invoked uh, at least twice this century by the Democrats. Am I right?
1: No, he did not. And, you know, when I was talking about that, I said, I'm not conceding that John Eastman did that. But a lawyer is entitled to counsel his client about novel approaches, alternative approaches, approaches that challenge current law or current precedent. There's nothing unethical about any of that, which is why it's nothing other than pure lawfare. That was wielded on John Eastman in California fighting for his bar license
2: It'll there. be interesting to see how they justify going after him. I mean, how they twist things, to the, the facts to uh, you know, justify their uh, ruling.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's going to be, I'm sure it's going to be a lengthy ruling. And um, I'm glad it hasn't dropped yet, because I'll look forward to working with him next week here in downtown Denver.
2: Yeah, well, I, he might have been, well, he he doesn't necessarily have to lose his license i mean he's undoubtedly licensed in, in numerous states isn't he
1: this is true but as i mentioned earlier um with another caller if you have your license suspended or receive any kind of discipline yeah. here in colorado you've got to report it to all the other places you're licensed yeah. and quite right. often they reciprocate
2: yeah i don't know that. yeah well anyway the other thing is uh i don't listen to the un- uh, the uh part-time talker that you don't want me to mention but I do monitor his programs from time to time and it's amazing how he never passes up an opportunity to uh, say something sarcastic or negative or, or really hostile about either Trump or Eastman and he, I mean, he, his only contact with Eastman has been a, a five-minute phone conversation and then he said something stupid and Eastman realized he's talking to somebody who doesn't know what he's talking about and he just hung up, he was wasting his time and on that basis, he hates. he it's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, well, you know, to to take glee over someone uh, yeah. potentially having their um, their legacy tainted by Democrat yeah. lawfare and and not understanding the underlying premises of any of it is is really a disappointment. Anything else, Ron?
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. That's it.
1: Thanks. Thank you, sir. All right, let's get to Jack Evergreen, our old buddy Jack. Welcome.
3: Hey, Randy, I'm glad to hear you've got some support people outside of your immediate family. That's always comforting. But uh, did I hear you mention a judge in some courtroom named Nina Totenberg? Is that
1: not the same one that was an NPR uh, news correspondence? Um, Her name's not Nina Totenberg. It's Amy Totenberg. Did I say Nina? It's possible. Yeah, you did. (laughs) You did. And well, I you said, know me, no, you know that me name's and, familiar to me. <laughs> you know me and names, man. If I don't write them down, I'm a, I'm a mess.
3: Yeah, okay. Well, that's, I could see why you would think that. I hadn't heard that name in years, but it rang a bell to me. But I, on the Baldwin thing, and you know I've been hunting since I was 11 years old, and I was taught at an early age basically the same thing everybody that, that gets into firearms is taught. There's only two things. There's really only two things about it. One, there's no such thing as an empty gun ever. Every gun is to be considered loaded. And number two is the barrel of the gun. No matter what kind of a gun it is, it's never pointed at a person. That's that's it. It's, and if you if you if you violate that, then you're negligent. So the, the man's totally negligent.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. And and I know that you know folks on our side of the political spectrum despise um, despise him because. Not not just because of his politics. I mean, but Alec Baldwin is a disgusting parent. You remember the recording of him calling his daughter a little pig, and you know, and that recorded phone call that was leaked out. He's just a an well, awful you, human being. You've seen him, you know. You, you, Grandy, he's a liberal. That's all you have to say. I, I know, but uh, and so people want to see the book thrown at him. He should be charged with murder and all that. I think involuntary manslaughter. Felony involuntary manslaughter is probably the right level of charge for this case, don't you?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Jack. Have a good weekend, sir. You too. Bye. All right. Let's go to Carol. Oh, Carol's gone. Okay, Carol. We'll see how you are. See how you are. I was going to get you in before we got to this next break, but um, all right. We talked about, uh, oh, gosh. This is too good for words. Sports Illustrated. Loved Sports Illustrated when I was a football fan. Loved Sports Illustrated when I was a teenager and, you know, they'd come out with their calendars and their swimsuit issues and all of that. And the Babylon Bee just did a great, great parody on them. They do these these one-liners that, uh, or whatever, but... Uh, people are just, how does SI not understand that when you completely change the method and the message of your magazine and, uh, you put on you make unattractive women, your cover girls, or you make men who are now living their lives as women, as your cover person, cover thing. I don't know, um, how can you think you're going to stay in business? You're not. And so apparently they've laid off just massive amounts of staff, and maybe there's a reorganization underway, something that can happen. The Babylon B picture is just beautiful. It's a very well-dressed, handsome executive type with his glasses off, holding them in his hand, resting the, the uh, earpiece up against his chin, looking... Very, very thoughtful with uh, behind him a very large woman on the cover of the the swimsuit. I mean, look, uh, some people are large, some people are small. I, I don't care. But what sells magazines is typically the kind of po- folks that people are most attracted to. So behind him is the swimsuit issue that had a, a very large woman on it. And over his other shoulder is the cover of Sports Illustrated that had a man dressed up as a woman, posed as a woman, living as a woman, a trans swimsuit model on the cover. And the comment is, remember, he's pondering, I just don't know where we went wrong literally unbelievable that these people, you know, look at what happened to Disney when they went woke. Look what happens to woke companies, woke businesses probably never happened to the NFL. NFL is so big. And I, man, when I loved football, I loved my football, but it should It should go the way of all other woke nonsense in this country. Maybe over time it will. You need more people to say, man, I am not going to support that which I despise, no matter how much I enjoy their product. But not a lot of people have that kind of vim, vigor, fight in them. And I get it. I get it. But um, we need more of it. We need more people willing to just say no to nonsense. We're living in a time when the mortgage rates are the highest in 20 years, two decades since we've seen mortgage rates at this level here in the United States of America. And with everything else so expensive, and except for the Trump years when actual real wages for working people went up, the value of the dollar just shriveling in front of your face, Tax dollars being used to support illegal invaders, illegal aliens, kids kicked out of their own schools to house illegals, hotels evicting guests to house illegals. When you're living in these kinds of times, man, oh man, it's time to step up. And it's a great opportunity. I mean, the pendulum swings hard in this country when it swings and when an election is not interfered with constitutionally legally perhaps mechanically over some, what was it 69 70 i believe we're up to lawsuits that even the old titanic the republican national committee has filed just this election cycle that wasn't happening in in 2020 or in yeah in 2020 People are going to be watching. We know the myriad ways that ballot boxes have been stuffed and ballots have been counted and then recounted. And we've just seen it all. And so armies are being built all around the country. And primarily the focus is on the battleground states where the actual electoral college presidential election will be decided. And that's great. I am just so disappointed that the folks at the RNC, which are truly investing serious money, serious trainings, serious resources into these battleground states, will not get together and coordinate with people like Charlie Kirk at Turning Point, Turning Point Action. They will not talk with grassroots groups and organizations that have trainings together, have already gone through this process and have the information ready. Instead, they're rebuilding their own. And that I just don't understand. This is a battle for the survival of Western civilization, a battle for the survival of our nation. If we go down, the rest of the world goes down with us. And instead of remaking the wheel, even if you're doing it with great intentions, with high quality, with good material, why? Why waste that time when those tools are already available if you would just coordinate with other organizations legally the way that you can? Very, very frustrating. And I express my frustration publicly in, in RNC meetings, and in private in RNC meetings, talking with RNC folks. If I run again for Republican National Committee man here in Colorado, that election will be, In April, I believe, that's when it was the last time. But whenever it is coming up in the next few months, if I do that, I am going to be incredibly vocal about the lunacy of saying no to the Scott Prussers of the world, of saying no to the Charlie Kirk and Turning Point actions of the world. This is the young energy and enthusiasm. Grassroots people out there, young and old, who've put together, done the work that doesn't need to be duplicated by the RNC. The election litigation, it's great. It's been very successful. Stopped things like uh, requiring, stopped non-citizens from voting in places like New York, requiring citizenship proof in order to vote, supported voter ID in other jurisdictions, Uh, training up poll watchers, litigating for poll watching protections Uh, Because as you recall, in 2020, Republicans were escorted from buildings where voting was still continuing, like in Philadelphia. So much of that garbage is going to be impossible this time around, and we will not have the censorship. The FBI, the Department of Justice will be less involved in suppressing information that will be useful to voters who aren't paying attention until we get close to election time. So many reasons to be optimistic, and I hope you are learning about that yourself and that you're carrying that optimism with you and that you're translating any belief you have about the importance of this next election, the importance of uh, getting rid of the ineptitude and the anti-Americanism of any of these Democrat leaders now. I hope it's translating to action of some kind for you. I really, really do. All right, we've rambled into this break, and so let's go ahead and take a pause. When we come back, I want to get into some of this takedown over there in Davos by Heritage President Dr. Kevin Roberts, and I'll see if I can find what I did with some of the remarks from the Argentine president as well. Populism alive and well, calling out the hypocrisy of the decisions, the policies, the behaviors, The self-interested, isolated, uh, not in touch with the people, decisions and policies that are being pushed and pressed and shoved down your throat and agreed upon and, and loved on by these radical one world order globalists all being exposed. And we'll get into that when we return here on 710 KNUS One step closer to the edge, and I'm about to break. These are the fighting songs tonight. That was Linkin Park from 2000. And I was texted uh, the reminder that I didn't identify the music that we've been playing tonight, which has been a, a fighting theme, in part because of the kickoff of our effort to stop the unconstitutional utilization of Prop 108, the semi-open primary in Colorado to force the Republican Party to pick its nominees with the help of unaffiliated voters whom outnumber the Republicans here in the state of Colorado. It's a ridiculous concept and I believe to be wholly unconstitutional besides bad policy. It'd be interesting to hear what um, former Colorado State Chair Dick Wadhams and Former Arapahoe County Chair uh, Suzanne Steyart have to say about that because they're identified as witnesses for the Secretary of State. So we'll get a chance to talk with them, hear it from them, cross-examine them here in just a couple of days. That's going to be fun. The other songs we did were You're Going Down, Sick Puppies, and that was fun, from 2009. Christine Aguilar, Fighter, was uh, pretty obvious to many. That was from 2002. And then the really fun one, you hit me once, I hit you back. You gave me a kick, I gave a slap. You smashed a plate over my head, then I set fire to our bed. That was Kiss with a Fist, Florence and the Machine. And uh, our first bumper of tonight was uh, very familiar to everybody, Elton John, Saturday Night's All Right for Fightin'. And yeah, I've just been in that kind of a mood. So I had said we were going to talk about the the Davos stuff, the World Economic Forum, but I almost forgot about big Fannie Willis, you know, the one who indicted President Trump, who hired a lead prosecutor, who's never tried a felony case, who then decided to sleep with him, paid him nearly a million dollars in Georgia tax dollars, and he proceeded to buy plane tickets for vacations in her name. O-M-G. And apparently the evidence is out there. There's credit card statements. I'm looking at one of them right now. Reliable source, obviously. I mean, we'll see what happens when she has her fun little appearance in front of a judge on, uh, I believe it's February 15th. That'll be a week after the oral arguments for the Cato GOP and President Trump in front of the U.S. Supreme Court to get and make sure that you have the opportunity to vote for President Trump if you choose on your ballot here in Colorado. And that will be precedent, obviously, for around the country. So uh, I expect that to be disposed with in pretty short order. But Miss Big Fanny Willis back in 2020 when she was running to get Trump Remember, her whole campaign was built on I will get Trump. Here's what she had to say about, oh, I don't know, corruption, sleeping around with a coworker, all of those kinds of things. Wait till you get a load of this.
4: Um, it is saddening to me. If young women felt like they came to work and they were one, even judged for being a woman, but two, if certainly they felt uncomfortable within the workplace, Mm -hmm. Um, that will not be something that is allowed on my watch. Um, Supervisors under my leadership that are not encouraging and building up my staff will not be supervisors long in my administration and um, I certainly will not be choosing people to date that work under me. <laughs> Let me just say that um, you uh-huh. know we are at a place in society where things happen in people's relationships. Husband and wife. sometimes there are outside relationships I don't think that that's what the community is concerned about although there you know there might be a, a moral breaking in that I think that what citizens are really really concerned about is if You chose to have inappropriate contact with employees. I mean, there's nothing that I can say on it other than it is distracting. Um, It is certainly inappropriate for the number one law enforcement officer in this state. Um, And it just, it, it really, really saddens me. And it will be very unfortunate if the taxpayers of this community have to pay for any of those lawsuits. Exactly. That's the way I feel about it also.
1: Yeah. Oh. I wonder if these politicians understand that we have this stuff called, you know, video recordings and that the things that you say can literally come back to bite you. I just don't understand. I And this woman and I was looking for the quote and I should have pulled it up beforehand. Maybe I'll find it on the next break. But I saw a video of her and I if I'd have thought of it, I'd have gotten this clip for us too. But I saw a video of her where she her part of her Mia Culpa for the million dollars paid to her now lover who was using the money to buy tickets, never tried a felony case before, apparently a criminal case before. Just incredible corruption from my understanding of the facts over there, and she came out and said, you know, uh, if a black woman is going to be judged on one mistake or something like that. It was it was pathetic. She played the woe is me race card. And uh, I, I hope that there are serious consequences for this woman who built an election campaign on taking out a political opponent or a member of the opposite party. Uh, just what has our country fallen to? It's terrifying if you think about how easily the administrative state, the Department of Justice, the FBI has been co-opted by this radical left mentality, the military as well, woke policies, unable to fulfill their recruitment requirements because nobody wants to be in a, a military that's more focused on making cross-dressers, and transsexuals feel comfortable than they are training you up to protect your own life while you're sent out to kill America's enemies. People have to be waking up. And I guess we'll see. Certainly the Republican Party is waking up to the fact, something we've been talking about here for a long time, the inevitability of Donald Trump as the nominee, Ron DeSantis reportedly canceling his appearances on Meet the Depressed tomorrow on the corrupt News Network tomorrow as well, and does uh, that mean he's? New York Times did a lengthy article yesterday about Ron DeSantis looking quietly looking for the exit ramp for his campaign. What's left for Ron DeSantis? W- what a fall! Yeah, Florida, terrific. Your work as governor, terrific. But what's your legacy now? The guy who got you elected, Donald Trump, endorsed you when your campaign was flailing, gave you the opportunity to strut your stuff in Florida, and you did remarkable work in Florida. A young man, many years of political life ahead, and you came out and took on Donald Trump. And he crushed you. He crushed you. Nikki Haley appointed ambassador to the UN by Donald Trump. I would never run against Donald Trump, she said. She came out and did it anyway. The big donors blew smoke up their backsides, whispered sweet nothings in their ears, and filled up their campaign coffers and sent them out for the fool's errand of somehow believing that the... People who are paying attention in the Republican Party, the people on the ground who felt the pleasures of the Trump administration and have felt at the most basic level the pains of the putative President Biden administration were're not going to forget. I mentioned Michelle Obama periodically, an old friend Susan in Adams County texted in, "Hello, I just wanted to say I'm not too worried about Michelle Obama." And when I talk about her, it's in the context of her parachuting into the Democrat National Convention as they pluck creepy, sleepy showers with daughter Joe Biden out of their way and drop in a very popular Democrat, Michelle Obama. But Susan says, I'm not too worried about Michelle, because most people seem to think that Obama is actually running the administration. And I think Michelle can be tainted with that. I don't disagree with that. There's a lot of things to dislike about Michelle, and the policies of her husband, the policies of the Democrats. She was on one of the talk shows, and I, I should have gotten this audio too. Now that I think about it, I get all these great ideas when it's too late. But um, she was on with one of these. You know, she's doing the talk circuit. She's doing the second bio- autobiography. Oh, and I'm, I'm, I'm not political, but I'm very afraid. And what she was afraid of wasn't mass invaders at our southern border, wasn't mass inflation drying up the utility of your daughter, of your dollar. It, she's not worried about the increase in energy prices and the efforts by the Democrats to eliminate your energy options. As we just came through the coldest spell of this year so far, of this winter season so far, here in Colorado and many parts around the country, her worry, what she described in that interview as her biggest worry as she wakes up nights and, you know, worries about what might happen if we elect Donald Trump. Her biggest worry was that people who would otherwise vote Democrat just don't understand what the government does for them. They don't understand everything that the government does for them, and they may not get out and vote. This is what it's come down to for the left. That's why they're allowing millions of people to invade our southern border. They want to convert them into voters. They want to rack up the numbers. They want to send them to the battleground states where Republicans can still eke out victories, and they want to dominate electoral politics for decades to come And do it that way. I've been predicting it since back in 2014. Talking about Cloward Piven. Talking about the the open border. And why Democrats are so focused on it. Never could figure it out with Republicans. Until I started to wake up to the actual existence of the Uniparty. And the infiltration of Democrats into the Republican Party. And on and on and on. But it's clear now. And people are waking up to it, and I'm so grateful for that. Hopefully we help a little bit around here. That's why we call it Wake Up with Randy Corcoran. It's not because you need to get out of bed at 741 at night, but we are up against our final break and our final segment. We'll get through all of that Davos audio. I think you're going to love it. Heritage took them out at the World Economic Forum just a day or so ago. So you stay with us. Final segment. I'm Randy Corcoran, 710 K U S. Love it. John Corbliss behind the glass, having a mass, doing a masterful job and having a wonderful time. Snuck in Ronnie James Dio last in line for our last bit of bumper music. And we couldn't let it play long enough to get to the, to the, to the real hook. We're the last in line. Yeah. We're the last in line. And I, I feel that way. That's why I am getting myself back up into the game. And, uh, of course, I'll be looking back and, and having those feelings along the way. The When you lose the love of your life, that's the way it goes. Uh, but we're the last in line. I am not going to be the first generation in American history to turn a country over that is a worse place to live for my children or grandchildren. I'm just not going to, at least I'm not going to give it up without a fight. That is for sure. Now, the World Economic Forum has been going on, and um, we always poke fun at it. We sometimes play crazy clips. But this year, there have been some extraordinary moments down there, including the speech of the Argentine president, Javier Millet, and... I've got the text of that up right now. If we have time, we're going to share a few of those little tidbits with you as well. But the president of, Heritage, of the Heritage Foundation, Dr. Kevin Roberts, was there as well. And man, oh man, did he look these guys right in the face and tell them some tough truths.
0: It's laughable that you would or anyone would describe Davos as protecting liberal democracy. It's He's equally standing up for it. It's, it's, it's equally laughable to use the word dictatorship at Davos and, and aim that at President Trump. In fact, I think that's absurd. But I'm going to step aside from that constructive criticism and instead answer your question. Yep. And, and I'm going to be substantive here. President Trump, if he's the next president, for that matter, I think whoever the next conservative president is going to take on the power of the elites, which I mentioned earlier. But there, the, the thing that I want to drive home here, the very reason that I'm here at Davos is to explain to many people in this room and who are watching, with all due respect, nothing personal, but that you're part of the problem. Political elites tell the average people on three or four or five issues that the reality is X, when in fact reality is Y. Take immigration. Elites tell us that open borders and even illegal immigration are OK. The average person tells us in the United States that both rob them of the American way of life. They're right. President Trump will take that on on behalf of the average American.
1: Yeah, and he was just getting warmed up.
0: To also tell us that public safety isn't a problem in big American cities. Just travel to New York or Washington or Dallas, Texas. The average person will tell you that the lack of public safety damages not just the American way of life, but their life. President Trump will take that on. Thirdly, I guess the favorite at the World Economic Forum is climate change. Elites tell us that we, we have this existential crisis with so-called climate change, so much so that climate alarmism is probably the greatest cause for mental health crisis in the world. The solutions, the average person know, based on climate change, are far worse and more harmful and cost more human lives, especially in Europe during the time that you need heating, than do the problem and the problems themselves.
1: Just those two clips, less than two minutes, and he threw back in their face their status as out-of-touch elites, their policies, their, their tisking and tesking, their efforts to take out Donald Trump, talking about him as a dictator and ways to Trump-proof trump proof world economies, just incredible. And he nails them with their ridiculous immigration policies. We've seen the destruction in Europe. We're going to see big battles. And unless we elect Trump and start the mass um, deportations, which I fully expect him to follow through on, and there'll be all kinds of Democrat legal challenges, I'm sure. But then Heritage President Kevin Roberts also hit him on crime on the nonsense of their climate change agenda and I I love it he did it with class he did it with intelligence he did it with sophistication and they sat there and they listened
0: two more here Robin the fourth China the number one adversary not just to the United States but to free people on planet earth not only Do we at at Davos not say that? We give the Chinese Communist Party a platform. Count on President Trump ending that nonsense. And fifth, as we sit here, another supranational organization, the World Health Organization, is discussing, foisting gender ideology upon the global south. These are practices that are under review, if not being rejected, by countries in northern Europe. The new president... The special if it's President Trump, will, as you like to say, trust the science. He will understand the basic biological reality of manhood and womanhood. And do you know why? Not because of retribution, not because he's a dictator, but because he has the power of the American people behind him.
1: Incredible. Just in those two or three minutes, China, the gender, the dangerous gender nonsense crime, climate change, elites, immigration, and he wrapped it up with a flourish.
0: And it's connected to Senator Portman's excellent point, that in addition to needing a vigorous executive, we look forward to having the popular will inform both the House and Senate in 2025 to pass laws on all of those issues and many others. Ultimately, Robin, I think President Trump, if in fact he wins a second term, is going to be inspired by the wise words of Javier Millet, who said that he was in power not to guide sheep, but to awaken lions. That's what the average American and the average free person on planet Earth wants out of leaders.
1: Wow. Not to govern sheep, but to awaken lions. I love it. If you look on the presidential stage on either side of the aisle... You see anybody up there that reminds you of a lion? I can think of, oh, well, maybe one. And even more impressive, I mean, you know, Dr. Roberts from Heritage lives in America. We've seen the success of capitalism. We understand it. The president of Argentina, Javier Malay, addressed the same group And it was incredible. Good afternoon. He said, thank you very much today. I'm here to tell you that the Western world is in danger and it's in danger because those who are supposed to have to defend the values of the West are co-opted by a vision of the world that inexorably leads to socialism and thereby to poverty in your face at Davos. Unfortunately, he said, in recent decades, the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism. Some have been motivated by well-meaning individuals who are willing to help others, and others have been motivated by the wish to belong to a privileged caste. We're here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world. Rather, they are the root causes do believe me no one is in better place than us argentina argentina to testify to these two points think about argentina at the beginning of the last century early 1900s argentina was full of wealth they're just fraught with or full of natural resources And they used them well. Extraordinary natural natural resources, minerals, vast swaths of productive land. It was literally one of the richest nations in the world on a per capita basis. Number six, I think. And it's so obvious where it went wrong. In the mid-1940s, persistent inflation kicked in. And that was with the rise of Juan Domingo Perón. And Perón, the 1940s president of Argentina, bragged about, talked about, drew his economic inspiration from Mussolini's fascist Italy. And he started remaking the programs there, started remaking the, the economy, nationalized production, erected trade barriers, empowered unions, Boosted wages while increasing welfare payments. Hmm, what other modern country in the 21st century? Where do you think that's going on? And it crushed Argentina. And then they elected this incredible populist leader, Javier Milei, who went on and on and on at Davos. He said, we should remember that by the year 1800, about 95% of the world's population lived in extreme proper poverty. I need bigger print. And that figure dropped to 5% by the year 2020 prior to the pandemic. And it was all based on capitalism. Hear those numbers one more time. We should remember that by the year 1800, 95%, of the world's population lived in extreme poverty, and that figure dropped to 5% by the year 2020 prior to the pandemic. Conclusion is obvious. He went on, far from being the cause of our problems, free trade capitalism as an economic system is the only instrument we have to end hunger, poverty, and extreme poverty across our planet. The empirical evidence is unquestionable. And he talked about his own history, his country's own history at great length. And he explained how the pie is an unlimited pie. Socialists, collectivists think that we have a finite pie and they want to divvy up pieces, give everybody a smaller piece so that everybody gets the same size piece. Whereas capitalism understands that the pie is unlimited. Economic growth can make the pie as big as it needs to be. Someone being a tremendous success does not take away from anyone else's opportunity to be a success or have their slice of the pie. Mm -mm -mm. Well, say a prayer for me and uh, my good friend. Professor John Eastman, as we march into federal court to try and stop the semi open primary in Colorado. And always remember this. I'd
2: like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. (laughs) The double champ does what the (laughs) he wants.